Hi, I'm Crystal, the parenting coach. Parenting is the thing that some of us just expected to know how to do. It's not like other areas of your life where you go to school to be taught, get on the job training, or have mentors to help you learn. Now you can get that help here. I believe that your relationship with your children is one of the most important aspects of your life and the best way that you can make a positive impact on the world and on the future. I've made parental relationships my life study and use life coaching tools with connection-based parenting to build amazing relationships between parents and their children. If you want an even better relationship with your child, this podcast will help you. Take my parenting quiz. The link is in the show notes. Once we know what your parenting style is, I'll give you some tips tailored to you and a roadmap to help you get the most out of my podcast. I invite you to help me spread the word by sharing your favorite episode on social media or with a friend. Welcome to the podcast today, Emotions and Emotional Intelligence. Stephanie Pinto is an emotional intelligence coach who specializes in helping parents to create an emotionally intelligent family culture at home. She is a certified emotional intelligence specialist, is a trained pediatric anxiety therapist, and a practiced as a speech pathologist for 10 years. She's the child behavior specialist for Australia's Nurture Parenting Magazine. She's also been featured on international parenting summits, including Health, Wealth, Wisdom Parenting Conference, FAM Summit, and Calming the ADHD Chaos Conference. She supports parents in learning how to manage their emotions, frustrations, and stress so that they are happier, calmer, and connect more deeply with their kids. Stephanie also helps parents to raise emotionally intelligent kids who are self-aware and manage their own emotions and behavior. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. So I'm excited to chat with you today and to bring this conversation to my audience because... um, I love talking to other people that do all the same things that I do, all of this parenting coaching stuff, um, but especially that your focus is on emotional intelligence because that's something that I teach. And I also have a lot of people ask about like, how do I teach this to my kids? And like, what does this mean? And all those things. So I'm excited to dig into all of that today. Um, but before we do, if you could just share with our listeners a little bit about you, where you're from, what you do, and how you kind of got into doing this in the first place. Yes, I would love to. So I've got uh, two little kids of my own. Well, they're not super little, but they're not they're not they're not teenagers yet. Uh, so they're five and eight, a girl and a boy, and uh, my husband. And we live in Sydney, in Australia. And awesome. um, yeah, so I I also I I kind of love you know helping parents understand what emotional intelligence is and how it relates to themselves as parents in our parenting role which you will know can be super Mm -hmm. stressful and challenging, Um, but also with our kids, like how we can start um, giving our kids these skills so that they're not, you know, getting to their sometimes 30s and 40s in the workplace. And then they're learning about emotional intelligence. And that's kind of where I discovered it in my 30s when, you know, it was coming up at work in my previous role as a speech pathologist. And I was kind of captivated by it. And um, I, I knew that a lot of families that I was seeing were struggling with their kids' big emotions and challenging mm-hmm. behaviors. And so I thought, oh, why aren't we doing this for the kids, like with our kids now when they're young at home and in school um, so that we're not waiting to those sort of later years. And, um, you know, you'll, you'll know just brings that calm back to the family and back to the home when you understand what's going on underneath kids' behavior and, and mm-hmm. our own. So yeah, I love it. I love it too. It's a totally different um, paradigm around parenting when you're looking inwards at what's happening with your brain, with your emotions, 
um, which really is what emotional intelligence is all about, right? And then also knowing that and understanding that for our kids too mm-hmm. is so huge. And it can make parenting so much more simple than when we're just parenting unintentionally, don't really know, you know, kind of just reactively, I guess, like instead of intentionally responding to what's going on. So um, I love that. And I love how you got into it. Um, speech pathology sounds fascinating too. Um, and then you also do like anxiety therapy or something. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So that's the other big chunk of what I do. And maybe it's not a surprise that I do that because as a, as a child and as a teenager and into my twenties, I had anxiety and, um, I guess you would kind of call it high functioning because I was doing well at school and I had a great group of friends, um, and all the things like that. But in particular situations where I was really stressed, really nervous, really anxious or, overwhelmed, then my fight or flight or freeze response would literally be to faint. (laughs) And so I got the heart racing and everything, but I was in a way so emotionally unintelligent that I didn't recognize the signs. I didn't Mm -hmm. have the awareness of those feelings in my body. Um, Maybe at one time I did and I shoved them down because Mm -hmm. I learned to be a good girl and to be nice and polite and not Mm -hmm. to be loud and frustrated and angry. Quiet and small. Yep. So, um, so it kind of developed into this, you know, if I'm not anything other than calm and happy and and I've got this, then yeah, I just didn't, I couldn't handle it. So, and Mm -hmm. and I would faint and I had all these tests and everything was physically fine. Um, and only until my thirties, when I learned about emotional intelligence and I got trained in it and, and did my certification. And then I think also like a a little bit after that, I, I discovered, you know, different courses around helping kids with anxiety because I'm not a psychologist, but I knew that that was a massive um, struggle for families as well, especially the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And so I thought what what better kind of combination, I guess, to, to help kids who are anxious and sensitive and has those challenges, but also the, the parents who are struggling with kids with, um, yeah, challenging behaviors and things like that. Yeah, I think that that combination is amazing, and I think um, anxiety has definitely gone through the roof. It already was <laughs> before, you know, before COVID happened. But um, I want to touch on one thing that you said too. I remember reading um, Glennon Doyle's Untamed, and she was talking about um, just the different boxes that society puts us in, right? And as women, we were often put in this like box of like quiet and small and polite and pretty um... and like you know all the things and it didn't really occur to me. Like I've heard that before, but it didn't occur to me that we also put um, males in boxes too. We're just like, well, they should also be strong and like never show emotion. And like, I don't know, just like never cry and and never be Mm -hmm. sensitive. And how restricting this can be and also how polar opposite of emotional intelligence that is, right? It's like literally not being who you are and pushing away who you are and pushing away your emotions to be this random paradigm that somehow we've created societally to feel like it's okay. I don't know. It's so bizarre. Oh my God. So because we're on a podcast, people can't see my facial expression. But as soon as you mentioned untamed, I went, "Hmm?" because I'm like this far off. I know I'm really late to the game, finishing her book and game changer because so much of it, I was going, yeah, I learned not to have certain emotions. I learned Mm -hmm. that these emotions were okay, you know, joy, excitement, happiness, and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, but not frustration, anger, rage, definitely. Um, you know, even not even like sadness. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, sadness, disappointment, and and anxiety. So, and the thing is, like our parents didn't teach us this explicitly. Sometimes, sometimes we did hear boys don't cry. You know, sometimes we do hear yeah. that. Other times, like with my parents, they they are English, so they're very polite and proper and conservative, and um, they never said you need to be a good mm. girl and don't make any noise and you shouldn't be angry. But man, I learned those lessons through experiences and interactions and mm. stuff. So that really we all did right like when you (laughs) decide like you know your child has a really big emotion and you're like well I can't handle this right and you're uncomfortable it's because you're uncomfortable with your own heavy emotions because we weren't taught that we were often spanked or grounded or yelled at or pushed away or ignored or whatever when we were feeling a big emotion so like you said even if our parents didn't like actually verbally teach us that that was the the subconscious feedback that we were getting and it wasn't just our parents it was their parents and it was their parents and it was also media i love to read my kids books we read together all the time and oftentimes we read books from like anywhere in the 1900s to like 2000 right <laughs> and when i'm reading books it's so fascinating to see that like they were even getting it in books right little house on the prairie if you remember we, i would totally read those to my kids And it's like, it's not okay to cry or like only girls cry or you can't be loud. Like, oh, you have to go to the other room and like, just be quiet and still because now it's like the adults doing their thing. Like there were so many little bits in there that I was just like, oh, wait, like I actually had to pause the book and point it out to my kids and say, what do you think about this? Like, what do you think is actually happening here and how they're treating their kids and how the kids are treating the adults and what they're saying about, you know, different roles that we play. And what do you actually think is true and have conversations like that? Because I was like, I can't keep reading this book and like <laughs> just perpetuating all of the stuff that I don't adhere to anymore. So mm-hmm. anyway, so I, all of this. I bet, I bet your kids were like, oh no, that's, that's complete uh, garbage. <laughs> they were, they do. were even my little ones. I was like, what do you think? Like, so you don't think it's okay to cry? And they were like, no, yeah, I think, I think it is. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it totally is. And like, do you think only girls cry? Like, anyways, it was just, it was a really good conversation. So now I don't shy away from reading those books. I know that some people are like, I just don't read those, but I'm like, they're so good. There's so much good in them too. And so I'm like, we'll read them. And it also provides such a great conversation starter to be like, now let's talk about what do we actually think about what they said here. So anyways, that was kind of like a side story, but I loved that. Um, I loved what you said about like, I was kind of raised in this way and like, how it kind of perpetuated that, right? We think that if we push it down and don't talk about it, somehow it'll be better, like, (laughs) right? And in the end, we're actually perpetuating things like, you know, anxiety. Yeah. And so I've, I've exactly had to like, um, intentionally raise my awareness of my own feelings and my own reactions. I I love you did a reel a little while ago on triggers and knowing your triggers and and Mm -hmm. what they can be. Um, I was like, hot, 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 hot. Cause I couldn't hard it enough, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I p- particularly with my daughter, so she's now five and around the four year old kind of mark, I recognized that she was having these massive, big emotions and big reactions to her older brother who was, you know, he's bigger and stronger and faster and he can grab the markers quicker than her. And, mm-hmm. you know, so she was having these really big strong emotions, you know, angry, even rage, right. You know, cause she couldn't mm-hmm. handle it. And it, it, I went through this like process of first, I was like, I should know how to deal with this, but oh my God, look at yes. her beautiful tiny face. And she's got so much rage. <laughs> yeah. But then I, I like came to this space where I was like, oh, that feels like it would, it wasn't okay for me 
mm-hmm. when I was younger, or it feels like it, it she shouldn't be having that big uh, emotion because she's a girl. Like these thoughts running through my head, and I actively had to go, whoa! Like these are emotions that are normal, natural, part of being a human, valuable insights, like rich information that is, like I said, human. It's, it's part of um, her, part of my son, everyone. And if we, if I can get to the space where I can just witness those and, and honor them and let her know, I see that you're feeling this emotion and that's okay by me. And I'll help you through it. And let me, let me be here or nearby or what do you need rather than all that stuff you said, you know, don't, don't yeah. you, you shouldn't be that angry and go to your room. And that was like, that's a process. Oh, so. Hey, that yes. Yes. To everything you just said, it's, it's a process because even though logically we might not adhere to those beliefs anymore, we're like, well, I don't think that. I think it's totally fine to cry. Then your kid starts freaking out. Your subconscious brain who hasn't actually started like unprocessing those beliefs still believes it and still reacts as if you do believe it. And so mm-hmm. when I talk about uncovering triggers, it's like, there's something below that. Like if you ever feel a strong emotional charge, it's because there's some sort of belief. And so your ability to seek out that belief and be like, oh, okay, wait, Like, this is what I'm thinking. And then also start questioning it to be like, wait a second. Like, is, do I really want to actually think that? Like, do I believe that anymore? Like, what do I think about this? Because one of the huge things I teach and I believe is that the reason that we're uncomfortable with anybody else's big emotions is because we're uncomfortable with those big emotions, those big emotions in our own bodies. And if we don't know how to do deal with it inwardly, then we don't know how to deal with it with somebody else. So we just try to like make them feel better or make them stop or yell at them so that they'll stop so that then we (laughs) can go back to being calm again. (laughs) We're like, here, you take the emotional responsibility of these feelings because I don't know how to deal with it. So you just like calm down first and then I'll figure out how to calm down. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah, and we do that. And I don't say that to like shame people because I totally do this too. Like I learned all this through being this way also. Um, but just as a way of like education, like the reason that we're feeling triggered is because there is those, there is those beliefs still, still in there. So, um, anyways, let's move on to emotional intelligence. I would love for you to just explain, how do you define that to people? What does that mean? Mm, Yeah. So emotional intelligence, I feel like is still a little bit of a new term for a lot of, um, people and a lot of parents. And so in a nutshell, it's our ability to be to have the awareness of our own emotions and of others, so other people's emotions, and to use that as information to help us in our decisions, in our relationships, to help us adjust our behavior and things like that. So it's really, it's got that sort of two, two, two halves of the coin or two sides of the coin. I need to know and have an awareness of my own emotions and be able to manage them. But I also need to know for my kids or for my husband or wife or or boss or whatever, I have to have an awareness of what their emotions, what's going on for them and what's coming up for them, why they are maybe acting or saying the things that they are and um, using that as information to guide ourselves so that we don't just, you know, let our emotions take over and we blow up or we see someone like our kids flip their lid and, and have some big emotions. And then we just react. Like we have to look beyond that and, and recognize that those emotions, like I said, are really valuable and they are sources of insight and information that we can use, not something to be shoved down and put away and, Mm. and ignored. So yes, mm. emotions are messages. 
right? Mm-hmm. Their communication, their information. And when we can take them as that, instead of making them mean something about us, which we are so good at doing as moms and dads and, and being able to instead just figure out like what's happening with me, what's going on, what am I feeling and processing through that, then we can respond so much more intentionally. Mm. Um, so what's emotional inte- emotionally intelligent parenting then? Mm. So this is as a parent, uh, recognizing my own emotions and and having a little bit of a handle on can I manage them? Can I recognize when my trig- when I'm triggered and I feel the frustration or the resentment or the the disappointment or the fear? You know all those strong emotions. Can I recognize those? Do I have an an understanding of where they're coming from and can I express them in the right way so that I'm not blowing up and you know flipping my lid and and then doing or saying something I regret, you know, um, damaging my connection with my kids and my relationship. So, so that's sort of how we ourselves can be emotionally intelligent parents. But then it's also, like I said, that um, recognition and awareness and honoring of emotions in our kids. Because, you know, I know you'll get this, all, all those challenging behaviors and the, um, the sort of defiance or the misbehavior or the thick in the mud, strong will, like all of those kind of labels underneath those is those messages or those emotions or the struggle or the, it's too hard. I don't have the skills. I'm too tired or I need your help, or this is beyond me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm out of control or I just can't do it. Can you help me? So it's, you know, when, when we're emotionally intelligent parents, we're not perfect, actually. Let me just say I was just going to actually say, I was going to say, (laughs) <laughs> to do this all of the time, we're talking about when we talk about this, we're talking about the ideal, right? This is like the ideal. <laughs> and the ideal happens a fraction of the time. And yeah. if you are doing the ideal a fraction of the time, you are doing a great job because that's that is what we all do. And I also think the mistakes that we make in parenting, I call them errors. The errors that we have um, are there to teach us things. They're there to teach our kids, you know, how to deal with and process through their own imperfections as they will. So, so take this all with a grain of salt. We're talking about the ideal here and don't, I, I was just thinking about this today, actually, like a knife is like a great tool to like cut things and slice things and like help us out in the kitchen, but it also can be like a weapon and can be really harmful. And I think we do the same thing with all of the amazing mental and emotional health tools out there. We're like, this is so great, but then we can also weaponize it and use it against ourselves and be like, but I should be able to do this all the time. And I should always become, no, you're also human. So all of those things that Stephanie just said about how to think about your kids and how to know like, okay, this, you know, this is their best and they're just dealing with things. We can think all those same things about us also. So yeah. Yeah. So just a little, a little side note. I think we're both totally on the same page about this good enough parenting thing, not perfect parenting, good enough parenting. Um, (laughs) So yes, tell us what, like, how does that play out? So like, my child is not listening. Um, I'll use an example that's just came up with a client today. They're putting their kids to bed and their kids keep coming out and just like wrestling with each other and like not going to sleep. And they keep coming out over and over and over again. Walk us through what does emotional intelligent, emotionally intelligent parenting look like mm. in that scenario? Yeah. So first off, oh man, that can be so frustrating because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're exhausted and we want our own like mom time or parent time. Yes. So acknowledging that, that this is a tough time and this is frustrating, or I am getting really frustrated. I'm, I'm getting mad, you know, this is hard for me. So awareness again of our own emotional sort of the fluctuation of our mood or our state. And we, we have to have this, 
you know, it's, it's interoception that, that awareness of the feelings coming up from within Mm -hmm. my body that are telling me if I don't take a break or do something, use a coping strategy or whatever it is, I'm going to flip my lid and I'm going to yell at my kids or do something. So, so managing again, we're not perfect, but we're trying to notice when that's happening and maybe tag teaming. If we have another co-parent or, or taking time for ourselves, if our kids are safe and they're just coming out and things like that, like take a few minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. to ground yourself or do what you need to do. Uh, And then with our kids and their behavior of coming out, you know, recognize looking, looking beyond the behavior of coming out and doing the silly thing, not taking it personally. Like you said, I love that. And recognizing the the need or the struggle or the the emotion um, or what's going on for our child underneath that behavior of the coming Mm -hmm. out. So they might be, I, I had a conversation with my son months ago because he had a, a, a like phase of coming out and he's eight mm-hmm. and um he was saying you know I'm bored I miss mm-hmm. you uh there's nothing to do I'm not tired yet and I was like oh man like I can really resonate with those emotions and those feelings and th- those frustrations you know I luckily have impulse control and I have you know the awareness of if I don't sleep tonight what will impact me tomorrow but he doesn't. So, you know, meeting our kids where they're at in those struggles and helping them and supporting them with the kind of what's underneath the behavior, which is often, yeah, the emotion or the feeling, I'm, I don't like it, I'm not ready, I need more time, or I don't want to, and, and val- validating that. Mm-hmm. And then um, finding some ways to solve those problems that are getting in our child's way from coming out. And sometimes that means we need to adjust our expectations Yes. I I was really bad at that. And I would be like, no, my, my older sister who had kids before me said bedtime should be seven. And oh man, like the stress of trying to keep to that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is adjusting our expectations. Um, and also knowing like, you know, sleep is developmental. Kids are all going to do it at different stages. There's nothing wrong with your child if they can't do that. And um, I love what you're saying about validation because that really is what like empathy is, right? It's like sitting and validating what they're going through and like being there in the struggle with them. And it doesn't mean you're going to be like, that means you can just stay up all night, right? Like some people feel like peaceful or gentle parenting means like you just give in. You're just permissive all the time. And that's actually just as untrue as authoritarian parenting is. Like that's like saying that connection-based parenting is authoritarian parenting because it's right in the middle. Like I feel like it's that center space of like, yes, we can validate and connect and love and support. And also we're going to still hold the boundary of like, it's bedtime right now. Yeah. Yep. Boundaries comes up a lot because like you said, people often have these paradigms around, well, if I allow my kids to have their emotions, then they're going to be calling the shots, staying up late, mm-hmm. eating the sugar, not brushing their teeth and hurting their brother yeah. or sister. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. We can accept and validate their experience or their emotions and yet still hold our boundaries around things that are hurtful, harmful, dangerous, inappropriate. Like that is our role as parents and, and to be okay with the pushback or the frustration mm-hmm. or the resistance, I call it, the the complaining or the please or why do you always do that? You know, you're so unfair. Like being okay with those emotions because that's healthy too. Yeah. And I think we need those boundaries to feel safe and secure in a relationship and they're pushing back against them, which is totally normal. Like yeah. we all do that. That's fine. Um, and But being able to do it from that calm place of peace and presence and connection is actually what teaches them 
right? It's not through like force and through manipulation and through coercion and through getting angry and through, you know, lecturing them. Like that's never actually how anybody learns anything (laughs) despite popular belief. It's like, it's through that connection. It's through that validation that they actually will learn. And my son went through a similar thing that you're talking about with sleep. And um, when I could drop my expectation, I did not do this, by, by the way. Like, so here you go, listening to the parenting coach and I still have parenting challenges. I'm not challenge free. Um, but a couple of years ago, he was really struggling coming out of bed all of the time up for hours. And I was so frustrated because again, I was thinking those like, this is my time of night. Like I need my rest. Like he, I think my biggest thought was probably like, he shouldn't be coming out. Like this is too, like he's too old for this. And when I noticed that, and I was able to release that expectation, releasing an expectation doesn't mean that I just like let them get away with it. It means that then I show up in a different energy space, right? Mm-hmm. So then I'm more calm and I'm more connected and he comes out and I snuggle him and I put him back to bed. He comes out, I snuggle him, I put him back to bed. I'm still telling him it's time for bed. But from that energy, I was able to see, oh, he's actually dealing with anxiety. And I didn't know that until I sat and listened to him until I like allowed us to connect and to have a conversation about it. When I just kept trying to like push like, nope, it's bedtime, it's bedtime, it's bedtime and not listen to him. I had no idea that what he was dealing with was anxiety. And once I had that information, then I was like, oh, okay. Like now what's really going on in it? I could could really dig into the root cause, which was all this other stuff. So, um, and then now he's the best sleeper ever. <laughs> so Yay. fast forward, fast forward. It does, it does work. Um, so one thing I want to end on is if you were talking to somebody right now who's struggling to parent in this way that we've been talking about this way through emotional intelligence for me, teaching my kids emotional intelligence, what is one step or tool or a bit of advice that you would give to them? Mm. First off is to like leave your kids in a way, because when we do the work, I'm using like air quotes, when Mm -hmm. we do the work, then the ripple effects do the rest for our kids. Mm -hmm. So to to begin with, if we, if you recognize that you're really uncomfortable with certain emotions, they trigger you or they make you feel like you need to jump in and help your kids and shush, 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 it's okay, it's okay. You know, um, if we're uncomfortable, then look like their little signals going, here is where there is some some work that you can do. You know, it's a growth area. It's something that you're not okay with or that you struggle with, or it's a challenge. So start here. So I often encourage parents to start becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable emotions. Like mm-hmm. I had to do that with anger and, and it was yes. really hard. It still is hard to allow myself to feel angry about something. Cause I thought I was being like selfish and rude when I was angry. Yeah. I literally was like, why, why am I being angry? Everything is so great. And, and I'm just being greedy um, mm-hmm. and ungrateful. So I shouldn't feel becoming, this emotion. Yeah. yeah. So, so becoming, um, becoming comfortable with those uncomfortable ones and just coming back to the fact that emotions are neither good nor bad. They mm-hmm. just are that they're natural and they're normal and they're a part mm-hmm. of being human and they're really, really helpful and, and informative. So we can, um, we can sort of start there, I think. Yes. I love that. Emotions are experiences. There's nothing wrong with them. There's like, there's just something that we feel. And um, I think that's what the crux of what we're talking about today is. Emotional intelligence means getting comfortable with those emotions, knowing that they're not a problem in you or in your kids. And also that this can be a lifelong journey. You don't have to listen to this one episode and be like, okay, now I'm going to get it all, all the time. Like we don't, and we do this for work (laughs) and help other people do it. (laughs) 
And we still don't get it all the time. <laughs> Kidding. Right? So it's um, fine. It's fine that it's a process. It's a journey. It's growth. It's learning. And it'll it'll keep happening. So um, thank you for being here today. Will you tell people where they can connect with you? Yes. But first I want to say, I love your brain. <laughs> I love it. Every time you talk, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Um, my Probably the easiest way is through my website, which is just stephaniepinto.com. And um, I'm on, you know, Instagram and Facebook and things like that and YouTube. But the main place where I put out a lot of my sort of like words and messages and content and stuff is on my Facebook group, which is called Let's Raise Emotionally Intelligent Kids. <laughs> I love that. I Let's end with that. Let's all agree to raise emotionally intelligent kids. And also that we that doesn't mean that we're perfect at it. It's no. going to be, it's going to be a process. It's going to be a journey. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to help spread this work to the world, share this episode on social media and tag me, send it to a friend or leave a quick rating and review below. So more people can find me. If you'd like more guidance on your own parenting journey, reach out.